would you do? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Patreon-exclusive podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. This is another exciting episode of game shows, I suppose. I'm recording this one on the Ides of March. That's March 15th. And this is a weird episode because I'm doing something I've never done before. I basically gave a heads up to a few people on Patreon that I'm going to record it tonight. Of course, I did it late because scheduling issues, timing. Long story short, uh, so this is, I guess, a technically a live show, but in the worst regards ever for a live show because... Uh, um, you know, comedy clubs aren't open yet, again. I mean, they are in some cases, but I'm not going to take the risk due to COVID. I'm I'm still on the bottom of the tier pole for the, for the vaccine, so hey, it's all good. Anyway, today's episode is, uh, is one of those kids game shows that I get, I get requested a lot uh, back in the times when I did it, and... I argue it is a game show, technically, even though, in very loose terms, it's not really a game show. Uh, it's There's a whole story about the show, and in a way, uh, the best way to describe the show is uh, basically Mark Summers' variety show. So, I, I this is not a confirmed story, what I'm about to tell you. So this is like a Wikipedia-level grade of entry. Do not source this story I'm about to tell you, because it would obviously make no sense. So, <clears throat> the story goes, uh, Nickelodeon Studios, Orlando, Florida. That's the heading of, of where we're at. We are in Nickelodeon in the early 90s. The kids' network uh, has basically just catapulted into superstardom. You have your roundhouses... You have your Clarissa Explains It All. You have all of these hip, cool new ideas going down. A Double Dare, which, as we've uh, talked about earlier, uh, was a really big hit show at the time because, one, kids knew what Double Dare was. It's one of the greatest kids game shows of all time. And two, it actually helped because... If you're Nickelodeon Studios, you're right universal, so you can kind of get, get park guests going into the park to attend a taping of the show because it's literally right there. So it was a really smart idea. Parents can basically show up because, oh, cool, this is how TV works, and they're still like they do that whole magic of television approach at Nickelodeon Studios. But at the same time, kids will get to see a game show. Now, time to time when they didn't have a tape to air, they would do the Nickelodeon Game Lab. And the Nickelodeon Game Lab was actually a little part of Nickelodeon Studios itself as they gave a little mini studio tour of Nickelodeon Studios. And the room that they use for the Game Lab is actually a storage facility where they actually, in case of tape days, store a lot of the physical challenges from Double Dare, as well as uh, the iconic pie slide and pie coaster from What Would You Do? That's right, today we're talking about What Would You Do? Not the Chris Quinones game show, 
uh, where it's hitting cameras and is racial profiling okay? To which the short answer is no. In this uh, game show, basically, the story goes, <clears throat> and this is where I had to do the little source, uh, Mark Summers really wasn't pleased uh, with Family Double Dare. He was getting a little bit burnt out uh, on Nickelodeon because it because while he was just being the Double Dare host, he didn't really get to uh, show off his actual talents because Mark Summers does magic. Uh, he's a comedian. He he does singing and dancing. He does different talents. So this basically this whole concept was kind of Mark Summers uh, in the closing days of his contract. When Double Dare kind of was near the closing end, almost everybody from the show went on to other things. Robin uh, went on to work on Guts uh, and tried to go back into sports reporting. Uh, and then uh, Dan went on to work at Wild and Crazy Kids, uh, which kind of was the next step in Double Dare. So when Double Dare kind of fizzled away, two shows took its path. One was what was Wild and Crazy Kids, the other was What Would You Do? So there never really felt like an ending to Double Dare because Mark Summers is still there with kids, and Wild and Crazy Kids has wacky, messy games. So, what would you do can best be described as a mix of a variety show and like a kid's version of True for Consequences mixed with hidden camera prank and then a end game. Now, the question before we get into the show and the format is, well, what, what really is this? How is this a game show? This is not really a game show. This is a variety show. You might as well be saying Ellen is a game show. Uh, and you would be right. I would, in the case of the show, absolutely. However, uh, there are two reasons why I, I would would classify this as a game show. One, season two had a little bit of a reformat change, and two, because they pull a lot of stuff from game shows and game theory into the show, that it's pretty much a game show all in one. So, uh, in early episodes of What Would You Do, uh, episodes would be based on different themes. So, like homework, or uh, hygiene, or haircuts, or all sorts of weird, like, minutiae that kids can deal with. Um, they usually have, like, a hidden camera prank on the kids. Uh, and it's always a situation... Like, uh, like, like, for instance, in, in one episode, it was, hey, uh, we're going to give kids, like, gross stuff to eat. And we're basically going to tell them what's in it, uh, but tell them it's exotic and good. Uh, but also tell them it's, like, made with snails and stuff. Uh, what would you do if you were presented with this dilemma? Would you eat it? And, of course... Then this is the part where Mark Summers then goes to the audience. Now, the audience was all pulled from people from Nickelodeon Studios who were on their way from Universal Studios. So he would just run around, raise their hand, and then like get their they get their advice. Like, what would you do? Hey, well, almost like it was Phil Donahue for some reason. Uh, 
And then, and then sometimes on stage, they would be kind of doing uh, something like the mole or something like uh, like a lot of challenge shows. Like they would end up showing like professional wrestlers doing like a fake bout. And then they would talk to parents and go, hey, uh, who here thinks they can beat up the pro wrestler? And they would just like have the kids go, who, who ha- whose parent thinks they're tough? Who has a tough parent? Do you have a tough parent? And then, of course, the kids would basically volunteer their parents to basically go into a fight with a pro wrestler. And then they basically go backstage. Now, this is what makes the magic work is when they're backstage, of course, they have to do the liability and the licensing. They already know they're being filmed because they got the little signage. But this is for, you know, re-airing dates and recording. And also, in the process, uh, this is where they get to be taught how to do an item. So, similar to game shows like the Generation Game or to, uh, I would say, True for Consequences, this is where the parents kind of get told what to do. So, here's how we do a dance. Here's how we do uh, a move. So, for instance, in the wrestling episode, uh, they would basically... Like, show them, like, hey, we're going to basically lift you over our shoulders, swing you around a couple of times, and then we're going to drop you. Can you land on your back on on the safety pad like this? Uh, And they basically go over that a couple of times. So then, well, uh, that's being practice. They go back to maybe the exotic food thing. And who wants to eat the gross snails right now? Okay, eat the snails. Ew, it's so gross. Ooh. And it just goes from there. So there's always like a stunt of some kind on the show. Mark Summers always asks members of the public out of the studio and in the studio. And there's little fun challenges and games here and there. There is no real prizes, so to speak, when it came to season one. All the people who volunteered to be on What Would You Do got a commemorative What Would You Do t-shirt. That was it at the time. Uh, so, so in a way, like, hey, you volunteered, here, here's a t-shirt, thanks for your time. Uh, we're not gonna pay you. (laughs) But, at the same time, it was very clever and innovative. Uh, because one of the signatures, there's a few signature things that came with the show. For instance, uh, they did a parody of Let's Make a Deal. Door 1, Door 2, Door 3, which was normally, basically, the curtains on Let's Make a Deal with Decorum, was presented with actual doors. And behind the doors, sometimes it is a prize, and other times it's all hilarious songs. Whoa, wacky. Uh, and the trademark of What Would You Do, as you would then see the parent go through the little uh, talent, or see par- or kids eat dog food, or see uh, uh, weird hypothetical hidden camera pranks, is... In season one, the classic, I call it the uh, the blind, it's the forehead card game. Uh, as a kid, when I saw it, I was always wondering, like, how do they do that? How do they get the talent on there? And it turns out they just kind of got, like, basic stock invisible tape, did a little ring, and then stuck it on their forehead. Um, some Sometimes, maybe they don't even use it. Maybe they have a greasy forehead. Who knows? Uh, so then the game becomes uh, a dilemma. 
do you uh, follow the instructions on the card sight unseen or do you want to go into the pie pod or pie in the face uh and and that becomes a, a game theory choice because the pie pod is basically you sit down and then five mini catapults launch pies at you uh, sometimes with the bonus of a crown of glory, which is just pink slime that may or may not just be cake frosting. I don't know. They may have leftovers from Double there at the time. So it, it becomes a fun thing. Now, when it comes to the hidden card, uh, most of the time it is something like uh, sing a song or perform the Macarena because in the 90s. Or it becomes some sort of like hilarious dare like put your feet in the in the worm bin. Oh no, worms, gross. Ooh. Uh but my favorite one, and this is the one that always always common, and this is what I kind of liked about what would you do, which kind of sparked the beginning of me wanting to talk about the show, was hidden talent. Uh when it says hidden talent, this is the part where uh, uh, basically the member of the studio audience uh tells Mark Summers what they can do so sometimes they can sing sometimes they do like arm dances and weird stretches others practiced yoga and they try to practice yoga moves and this was early 90s when yoga was kind of still a hot new thing and uh other times uh was like people who can do that mouth uh bottle kind of sound you know that ow why am i slapping myself in the face you know that bop 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 the belly slap, belly slap thing, you know that. Hey, Mark, I can I can uh, slap my tummy into the theme to what would you do? That's my hidden talent. Of course, if I had the case, I probably would have made the pie pod because who didn't want to get pied in the face on Nickelodeon? Uh, as the show progressed in season one, they introduced new features, uh, one of which was the Pi Slide, which was basically a repurpose of the Double Dare slide that they used for, I believe, the Sandstorm. And then instead of sliding into a sand pit, they just mocked a giant uh, pie made of foam rubber and cream and a giant uh, red, uh, I think, playground ball as the cherry. Uh, so they basically fall into a giant pit of whipped cream, but I think it was actually shaving cream. Don't tell anybody that. I don't think that was really whipped cream in the cream pie. I think that was shaving cream because shaving cream, uh, has more, uh, lucidity, which means it could act, it, it, it basically is whipped. So that way when they slide into it, you know, they, 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 it might sting a little, but it, it can stay safe under three or four tapings per a day because it's a game show still. So I think that's a production thing, but I can't verify that fact. <laughs> okay. Uh, as they progress with these different contraptions, uh, season two is when the show kind of dips away from the hidden camera in a bit of the prank thing that they were kind of going for in season one. When it came to season two and, and near the end of season one, they brought in new contraptions. Uh, the two I'm about to say are some of the ones that are also as iconic as Pine Pod. One of which 
was the pie guillotine where it's like a guillotine but instead of you know decapitating the rich like it's bastille day it's your parents because they couldn't figure out where tommy pickles is from (laughs) the other one is the iconic pie wash now the pie wash is basically uh, a weird contraption where whoever sits in this chair is spun around a few times to be dizzy and then kind of like a, a drive through car wash, some of you go through those automatic car washes, you know, it's cheap and cool, and there's lots of cool goop all over your windows, and it's all pink and red and blue. Uh, they do that, but with whipped cream that's supposed to spray all over the person. They kind of look like they got doused in whipped cream, and then they get uh, cleaned by a little foamy uh, wiper. Uh, that it's supposed to wipe, wipe, wipe the, their eyes after the goggles, and usually doesn't do anything. It's just kind of like a funny little uh, extra, and plus it's soft, squishy foam, so it's like kind of just silly. Um, but uh, the pie wash was what I would say a complete dud of a contraption, all things considered, because nine times out of ten, the whipped cream, because they decided we're actually going to put whipped cream in this, melted. So basically, they were just kind of getting doused by like half and half, half the time, and it, it just kind of just dumped all over their shoulder, and they're like, oh, okay, uh, sure. <laughs> uh some so it's like for the maximum coverage they kind of have to lean back in the chair so it at least hits them in the face uh so it never really did anything good sometimes they were aware it didn't work so they kind of said what if we just made it like pink foam or blue foam but that was only in rare episodes uh even though i think pie wash is kind of like the coolest contraption because that had flashy lights and it kind of looked something straight out of uh, mtv's remote control which is one of my favorite game shows um, but the one that I would, if I had to do anything on what would you do, it would be the pie coaster. This contraption is kind of like pie slide, but better. Uh, the player, the contestant, uh, the contestants, the audience member would sit in this like fake, like roller coaster, like cart. They'd be strapped in. There'll be a little like seat belt for them and a little handlebar for them to hold on to. Uh, and it's on the tip of like a, a, a real rail and then they push them on this little fake roller coaster and they would go through one little piece of paper that says what would then they go down another hump and go through another uh, paper wall that says you do and then they smash their face into a giant cream pie uh, which is made of foam rubber but has little uh, safety rubber uh, flippers to stop the uh, the coaster from continuing friction. Of course, it does just enough to go a little over the hump and then slide back into the pie. So they get pied mostly twice. Uh, that is my favorite thing, and it got me interested in roller coasters and basic physics at an early age. So if you're wondering, Jordan, were you ever good at science? The correct answer is not really, but I did like physics. Uh, I, I did pretty well in first grade. Mostly because at the time, uh, my childhood brain was just looking at a marble going down the sl- sod in half fun noodle, and I would just say, what would you do, plop? And just, that's... Someone out there is going, yep, that's definitely Jordan. I could see that, weirdo. Uh, So, the pie coaster was fun. But they did away with the three doors. In season two, this is when it became more of a game. So 
for every contestant that participated in one of the games in season two, uh, and this time it would be kind of like, here's a mini challenge game. Uh, here's a little stunt then kind of like slime time live. Uh, here's a little dilemma for participating in this game or eating the bug or whatever. Here's a token. And if you had the token, you got to go to the wall of prizes at the end of the show. And the wall of prizes is kind of where I can say, hey, hey, actually, this is when What Would You Do became a game show. Um, I think I need to just double check real quick. Uh, so, just so I don't screw up, let me just... Uh, oh, that's right, the pipe pendulum. I, for, I have to check the game show wiki for, for some of my uh, pie in the sky. Uh, that's just a pie guillotine, but with a pie and the pie pendulum, basically they would just be slowly cranked into a pie. I, I thought that was pretty boring, to be honest. All right. A pie roulette was they pulled a lever and then they get pie. It was basically pie, uh, pie face. The, the beloved board game pie face actually had a reproduction in uh, what would you do? Uh, but where is it? Where the heck is it? I need to know the wall of uh, uh, the wall of prizes. There we go. Wall of stuff. Twenty doors. That's right. I was wondering how many doors. I thought it was twenty one. It's twenty. Okay. So if you participate in season two of what would you do? You get a token, and the token would basically unlock one of the vending machines inside the wall of stuff. Uh, sometimes it'll be presented with like a what would you do water bottle or a T-shirt or a hat. Uh, or a track jacket or a backpack. Always like a what would you do? Kind of like figure it out. You want to figure it out back, but it was what would you do? Uh, but other times, and this is where I think it made the game a lot more fun, was they kind of did zonks. Uh, so it, it would have like a hand stick out with a little card. And then it would say something like, you didn't win a car, you didn't win a toaster, you want to ride on the famous pie coaster. And then they would have to go on to the pie coaster uh, and participate in that hilarious, messy challenge. And that's it. So it's kind of like they got zonked. But the kids don't care because messy fun. Uh, so what worked about that show was in season two, uh, anyone who participated got a token. But... Uh, if time was like still going on and they were still need to vamp for time, they had the co-host of the day who was always a kid that was pulled from the audience that the producers or whoever was casting that day saw and went, this kid's very adorable. I like them. And they would just sit in the sidelines and they would draw basically bingo balls from a little bingo uh, hopper. And if it matched the audience seat number, like you were number 32, Come on down as quickly as you can. Here's a token. Pick a pick a wall. <laughs> Here you go. Have a figure. You just want to, what would you do? Hat. Go, go, go. Pick another one. <laughs> Other times, the opposite happened, where they would open the wall of stuff, and whoops, time's running out, and they still haven't gone to, like, uh, the people who, like, the parents who played the game. So Mark Summers has to basically be like, and that's it, what would you do? Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. And he's going, which door do you want? Okay, uh, you just want to figure it out. Uh, backpack, here you go. <laughs> which number do you want? As this is going on, you're hearing, like, the music in the background just almost play off Mark Summers <laughs> as he still has to talk to the crowd, and it's just enjoyable. <laughs> So 
that is where we will conclude with what the hell was what would you do? Basically, Hidden Camera Show season one didn't really have games. Uh, they, everyone just kind of got shirt, but in season two, for participating in any of the challenges, because it's an audience participation show, uh, they get a token, and they have a chance to win a small prize, which was the t-shirt or the hat. So in a way, that makes it a game show. So season two is a game show. By participating in one of the games, you get a token, which leads to the wall, which leads to the game, which means the prize will lead to a messy consequence. That's it. It's an audience participation show, a keen to true for consequences. For kids to make Mark Summers happy because he was ready to leave Nickelodeon. He was doing Biggers and Summers at the time, I think, right around 95. So this was the part of his last hurrah at Nickelodeon. Um, then they kind of gave that over to kind of Mike O'Malley, Fillmore, and then later Summer Sanders. Uh, they would eventually push out Roundhouse in favor of all that, for instance. It's Nickelodeon. Uh, there's always a changing of the guard in one form or another. Uh, but what makes it stand out is the fact it was audience participation. Now, sometimes they did have like fake audience members as actors uh, because we want to pull a prank, like a prank show. Fooled you. <laughs> Uh, where it was like, oh, we just fooled everyone here because we got an actor to uh, do this hilarious mean thing. Ha ha. Uh, and that's about that's about it. Um, now this is the part where I get to kind of just rewind a bit and go, well, what was the significance of what would you do? So, in this part, where I get to actually be, feel like a sociology professor, uh, the takeaway of what would you do was that because Double Dare, which main goal was basically kids doing the aspiration of not doing what the parents did, this was more of trying to treat the kids like kids, but parents as kids, but kids are smarter than parents. And basically, I would argue, if I had to make the real argument... Uh, if you wanted to take a like a peek at like what was the most '90s Nickelodeon show there was, and I mean the most Nickelodeon all across the board from like Salute Your Shorts in the live action to the sketch comedy shows to Nicktoons like Hey Arnold or Rugrats or Rocco's Modern Life, I would throw it all away. I would even throw Legends of the Hidden Temple out the window. If the most '90s Nickelodeon thing you can go with is what would you do? Even more than Family Double Dare. Family Double Dare is kind of like the iconic kids game show. Oh my god, Family Double Dare. Blah, blah, blah. Good Charlotte, gonna make a music video out of it. That's cool. But for what would you do? It was kind of like the amazing time capsule of Florida parents mixed with clearly tourists who are visiting from out of town mixed with the kids wanting to do that Nickelodeon participation of getting slimed, get pied in the face because they see it on Nickelodeon because at the time their image was growing and growing and growing over the years. So you're going to see a lot of parents in very tight brown khaki shorts uh, and white shirts that maybe have a photo of Bart Simpson on it saying don't have a cow man wearing a pink hat talk to Mark Summers. And they don't tell him to take the hat off. They're just going to keep wearing the dang hat. 
And Mark is just there with his giant foam microphone going, okay, here's the kid. Hey, kid, what you what's your name? Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy, where are you from? I'm from Ohio. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, you want to do the pie party? You want to see what's in the card? I want the pie party. Well, let's see what the card said. Oh, it said uh, free school supplies. Well, you don't have that, but you're getting out of the pie party. That's really cool, too. <laughs> and you have to remember here with what would you do? And this is also something you got to point out here. Uh he still did not know he had OCD. Mark Summers at the time still did not know he had obsessive compulsive disorder, and he still had no idea the triggers. Uh, so whenever it came to like a mess on Double Dare, he did the ha 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 laugh because he's laughing because he's scared as shit. Uh, so when it came to what would you do, that continued all the time especially when he was like inches away from a pie pod or a pie wash and it just splashed nearly on him, he would do that. So even in the time capsule of, hey, remember Double Dare and then Mark Summers, did you know he has OCD and he doesn't like mess? Oh yeah, that's that's Double Dare, all right. You should see What Would You Do? Because he has a full-on panic attack almost every other episode because of that. Why? Because he wanted to make a deal to do something else. He wasn't really the Kids' Choice Awards host. He was kind of just Uncle Uncle Mark doing magic tricks. Who wants to see their parents get sawed in half? Wouldn't that be funny? Ha, ha, ha. That That's the show. <laughs> that was What Would You Do? And Mark Summers wanted to expand his talents. Of course, as many of you will know, uh, he then became a bit typecasted. He was the kids' show host. He was never for adults or teenagers. So that's why he also wanted to quickly make the leap away from Nickelodeon near the mid-90s. Does he hate kids? No. It's just kind of for his image. He wanted to be taken a bit more seriously in Hollywood. Uh, however, what would you do? It only lasted two seasons. Um, it did It did have a, a good record of, of shows, though, when it came to what would you do. Uh, Robin was an assistant season one. Season two was the co-host of the day. Wooly Frazier, who you should probably not look up, by the way, uh, was the creator of the show. And uh, if it's any consideration, because they only lasted 90 episodes, you should, if you have, if you remember early on when it came to What Would You Do? Uh, it's a show, it's audience participation. And then like, oh, here's a monkey. We're going to have a monkey get clapped. Or here's an elephant going through the elephant doors. Isn't that cool? We just have an, we just have some sort of fun little thing. Uh, one thing I really want to point out here is uh, is that Wooly Frazier would later take the same concept uh, and make it into Wild Animal Games on the Family Channel. So we've already talked about Wild Animal Games years ago, uh, but they took the concept of What Would You Do, which is audience participation, and flipped it into animals. So you can think What Would You Do, Mark Summers, and basically trying to do an audience participation weird variety show into what would be that show. But unlike Wild Animal Games, this show never gave away a Sega Genesis or a Sega Game Gear. 
this this show at most I think gave away uh I think a bike like a mountain bike and even then that was kind of I think like a one off. Uh, so uh, there's some memorable episodes. I think people like to always say uh the Python was one because the whole gimmick was can we like almost like a donation drive can we get 100 people pied? If you do, then um. The kids win and the kids get pie. If not, the adults win. Uh, and they also decided to. Whoa. All right. They're. Oh. <laughs> I have to read this. Pro, apparently, I have to read this from the wiki page. So it's obviously very truthful. All right. <clears throat> Uh, I did not know this till right this very second. So this is I'm reading this with you. Robin Morella left the series in '93, which was season one, due to, according to Mark Summers, a disagreement over pay, but continued to work with Summers at Double Dare at that time, Family Double Dare, near his closing days. Instead of a permanent replacement, a kid from the audience was picked to be the co-host of the day for the remainder of the series run, expanding on the show's audience participation theme. Hey, I was—I just said that. I even I was like, it's like you knew it was an audience participation game show. Wow, this is great. A co-host assist marked by providing pies and other props for the games and stunts, and also participating in the wall of stuff by operating the lottery by which audience members earn participation. Yeah, okay, yeah, I've already, okay, um, when this outlived its usefulness, because the kids are often shy. Oh, no. Why did you just get the not shy kid to be the co-host of the day? You know there's always a kid who wants to be a camera hog. Huh? Go on. Anyway, when it outlived its usefulness, I forgot this part. A chimpanzee named Corey was brought on stage to hand Summers props and supply primate-related jokes through voiceover acting. So they got Corey the monkey to do the thing. I forgot they had a monkey. <laughs> Did they pull it from the Animal Actors show? Because I can only assume that was the case. And because it's like a monkey co-host, that would make sense because that would later become of thing in wild animal games so everything is going back to where i was saying um so uh anyway um anyway uh yeah there's a current going above the wall stuff uh roses are red violets are blue trip the pie pods waiting for you oh yeah and then they would have to eat gross stuff ha 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 on very early episodes, audience members would not get a plastic tarp to protect their clothes or their goggles, or only got safety goggles that were usually knocked right off of a direct hit. Mark was sent to the pipe dialies twice on the show's run. Uh, Mark said a swear word and had to go to the pie pod. The second time, Mark chose the card on a what would you do medley, which was to eat a veggie split. Robin said the Sunday needed some whipped cream and therefore sent Mike Mark to the pie pod. <laughs> uh, um... And okay, that sounds about right. Oh, and then hey, eat a Twinkie with gravy. All right. Uh, all right. Pie Slay featured only in the first season. Season two is replaced by Pie Coaster. Yeah, which was much less messy. I guess there uh, a problem facing what I'm hearing from this these factoids is that a big problem was that they didn't give the audience members who got messed up clean clothes. 
So they kind of just, I guess, gave them a towel and then like wiped them off and said, thanks for participating. You're still goopy mess. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. That's, that's a, that's a sign of a good game show. And when the producers overlooked a very, uh, obvious consequence of, should we just like make sure the contestants wear something different, like a boiler suit or something? No, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, <laughs> cause that would become a essentially a grave mistake. Uh, but luckily, uh, luckily I will throw this in here. Um, they did learn their lesson when it came to the audience participation shows, because if it wasn't for what would you do in this whole messy games, of course the game lab would still be afloat for the duration of the nineties and two thousands. But one thing that made it progress was that of slime time live. Now slime time live is going to be a whole nother episode for a whole nother show. But one thing you we need to look at when it comes to what would you do to uh what would to Slime Time Live is that uh basically if when all things are said and done, even though Mark Summers is fantastic, they almost did the same thing over at Slime Time Live. Now Slime Time Live was basically a slime contest, but if you pay close attention, they learn their lessons and mistakes from what would you do when it came to this show. They did have a pie in the face and a weird contraption, but instead of a pie pod, it was the slime time uh, dunk thing. But, and this is where I'm focused on, the contestants on the show got a slime time live shirt, and they were kind of wearing uh, clothes that were okay to get messy on because, hey, they might get covered in slime and that might be, you know, staining their shirts and clothes. Maybe we should probably give them a, a slime time live shirt so that way it doesn't happen. Uh... And that, and that is one of the many life lessons. I think they also went on to do like a dare thing, like a you like a dare show on SNCC, and they did like a dare challenge on Slime Time Live. I think for for a week, uh, which was basically kind of like the the gross out stuff that they did on uh, on what would you do? Uh, and and a lot of those same dares would later show up in. Uh, in uh you're on remember you're on that was a game show from the late 90s people forgot phil moore was the host anyway uh what would you do uh one thing that i will say is what makes the show stand out is the 90s looking ass set if you wanted me to remind you why it's the most 90s show on nickelodeon take a look at that god-awful set we're talking like jelly bean wallpaper we're talking like a weird green with like weird red neon lights that look something straight out of Target. We're looking at like a busted up wall that looks straight out of remote control and then like a giant puppet eyeball that's just blinking at all times. You're seeing like a face. It, it's very weird. That set in a way that makes it really distinctly 90s and also distinctively Nickelodeon at the time as well. Uh... But then again, if you look at all things considered with that set, it's also a very cheap-ass set because it was mostly just studio bleachers. I don't think people noticed it. The set was just bleachers. <laughs> it was just like metal framework, and then like on the side, uh, it was for uh, uh, dis disabled uh, audience members. And at least a good part of the show, uh, Mark Wood still talked to those uh, audience members, and I thought that was a very uh, awesome thing as well, especially at the time. 
So it was kind of like we were trying to get every kid in that show a part of the show and and have some form of attention. Because I think that's what makes Mark Summers a fantastic host. When it came to What Would You Do? Yes, it was kind of like the Mark Summers uh, standout away from Double Dare show. But at the same time, what makes Mark stand out was he knew how to talk to kids, probably because of his years hosting Double Dare. So he would just ask really silly questions to kids, ask really funny things to parents. And obviously he would uh, say just that perfect like worded question to the parent that basically says, yeah, this was a good time to stay with your kid, right? This was a good vacation. <laughs> like, Because they know the parent just got covered in goop and didn't really want to do it, but just wanted to do something for their kid because they like them. Um, that's, that's what I liked about uh, this show. Uh, just how friendly an audience environment it was. Uh, but I, I could clearly see why the show would end. To me, what makes What Would You Do a negative is mostly because it's mostly just uh, there's no real direction of where to go with the show. Uh, it followed that same each episode had a different theme. Uh, and sometimes it all kind of blended together. Oh, uh, we're just going to ask trivia questions and then pie the mom. You know that episode. Yeah, that was like half the shows. But uh, if it wasn't for the show, there wouldn't be a lot of takeaway when it came to things like Wild Animal Games and Slime Time Live. I know I just repeated myself on that one. Uh, but that, that wasn't my note. That was my note card. Uh <laughs> So, um, I actually thought the pie guillotine was just on Wild Animal Games. I did not think that was, what would you do? So my memories of this show is now even jogged. That, that, that's a good, that's a good sign when you're the game show podcaster. Fantastic. So, uh, season one, it, it was very audience participation, very bright, very, uh, let's just be honest, cheap. Season two. Uh, when they gamified the show a bit, it was pretty funny, pretty fun. Uh, and I kind of think it was really cooler in season two. Uh, I don't know what they would do for season three, um, but uh, it did come to an end. But it, it is the time capsule of 90s Nickelodeon. In a way, I don't think a lot of people uh, remember but they do kind of remember that theme song. And I think that's all kind of people, what people remember most about What Would You Do? It's the eyeball face that kind of looks like uh, uh, Billy the Answer Head from Figure It Out. The uh, eyeball in the What Would You Do logo. And the... What, what, what would you what, what, what would you what, what, what would you do uh, of course that's, that's what makes what would you do stand out how very 90s appropriate the show was um, was it a good show it was I would argue it's the time capsule and I, I, I'm almost committed I don't think this is true but something is, is on my mind I think when I said the double there goes into two splinters the What Would You Do group and the Wild and Crazy Kids group, I would argue there must have been a time when you were a 90s kid. You argued what was the cooler show, What Would You Do or Wild and Crazy Kids. 
because both of them were stood out, but I bet the other, what the, if you love that show, you hated the other. And there was probably like 90s kids in playgrounds going, well, what would you do is better than Wildly Crazy Kids? At least Mark Summers is there. And then someone's like, well, no, Omar Gooding and Donnie Jeffcoat's on Wildly Crazy Kids. And that was way cooler. Yeah, but you don't have a pie coaster. No, but we have a, a, a slip and slide speed run. And, and that's how I assume 90s kids talked. I, I was kind of a quiet kid. I just kind of... Hung out with kids playing Kirby's Adventure on Game Boy. Yeah, and I know. I I didn't have a Game Gear. I couldn't play uh, Sonic's Triple Trouble. I'm so sorry. Um, while we uh, grieve over uh, childhood and uh, probably things I need to talk with a therapist about, uh, we will... Conclude, what would you do with the great takeaway of the show? Uh, what made the show work was its involvement with the audience. It's showing that anyone can be famous on television even for a minute. And the incorporation of Nickelodeon Studios Florida with park guests at the theme park made it an easy pick up and go. Uh, I think a lot of people at the time, would have loved to have appeared on that show just because what's the magic of television. And if you were a kid, obviously that would be like a fun show because you would be dealing with Mark Summers basically playing a warm-up act for a duration of half an hour. Sometimes longer. What if the VT doesn't work? Um, but that is what makes the show stand out. Uh, and... Honestly, if it's it's one of the shows that maybe you should look up an episode and rewatch to uh to better understand kids '90s. I know we talk about the '90s sometimes in the favorable light, sometimes in anti light. The anti '90s didn't really hit with what would you do other than parents suck and kids rule because it's Nickelodeon. But it was never in a mean-spirited way. It was always in a fun, frivolous thing that would be reminiscent of True for Consequences. Only difference is True for Consequences kind of had a prize budget to give away like a dishwasher or a car or like $1,000, and this show didn't. But um, that it's fine. That's going to do it for us here at game shows i suppose if you've listened to this episode thank you so much for your patreon backing if you listen to this episode for free uh because a friend sent it to you thank you for listening uh you can check out more at patreon.com slash jordan haas tell your friends about it uh it, it, it warmed my heart until next time uh what would you do I just like that part. Anyway, good night and big smooch. Mwah!